You're 13 years old. You get your mom to buy you a movie that's in the dollar bin at Blockbuster. Who knew that film would change your entire view of your sexuality? All from a single set of spectacular breasts. This is Real Sex. Ooh, that sugar sweet. You got what I need. Sipping on the potion. All that good emotion. This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel. I'm Dr. Noelle Pomeroy, a clinical sexologist and licensed mental health counselor. I'm going to be talking to guests about sex scenes from movies and TV that they find the most memorable. Maybe it's because they caused them to have a personal epiphany. It could be because they watched it hundreds of times for personal research. Or it could be the first time they ever learned a single thing about sex. Let's find out. Today's guest is a fellow mental health professional was originally a student of mine and is now someone I like to call a friend. This incredible woman is so incredibly knowledgeable about pop culture that it absolutely blows my mind. Today, joining us, Casey Wiley. Ah, that was the sweetest introduction and just <laughs> very nice to hear. I also feel very similar in terms of every time I get to talk to you, I leave the conversation without understanding how much pop culture your brain can hold within it. So I'm very excited about this. Well, thank you. I often forget to feed my children, but I do remember what year every movie I've ever seen came out. That, honestly, I kind of, I pride yourself on that more than feeding the children. So that's Anyone could feed cool. a child. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal. So let's start out 1975's Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show. Yes, this was a pick for me and I am excited to talk about it because I don't have the same, although anyone who knows me in my personal life would assume that Rocky Horror Picture Show was like shown to me when I was a young child and it like became my personality. It was not, I had not seen it until this past year. So, really? Yes, for the first time ever. And Tim Curry is like everything to me, like, and it, it really probably does say a lot about me as a person that my sexual attraction to him in this movie is skyrocketed. So, right. Cause he plays Dr. Frankenfurter. Yes. Frankenfurter. So He's, I think he describes himself as a transsexual transvestite. Uh, yes. A sweet transvestite from sweet trans Transylvania, right? Yes. Something about that. From transsexual Transylvania. Transsexual Transylvania. Yes. And it is um, incredible. So I got to watch this scene, the scene that I wanted to talk about through the eyes of the 21st century, which does not date well. Like it, <laughs> I think that the cult classic of it all, probably it does make me feel giddy inside to know that Tim Curry had this scene with both of them. Um, There's Susan Sarandon yes. and Barry Bostwick, who are a yes. couple. Yes, they are a couple just, I, I don't know, in the throes of a new engagement, I think one of the songs leading up to it is. And they're just, their car breaks down, wants to, you know, find someone around them as you do when you don't have cell phones. And so they wander upon this massive 
um, house and stumble into Frankenfurter, of whom is like, you know what? I'm just gonna have you stay in my house tonight and also try to have sex with both of you. That's what my game plan is gonna be. Who does he try to sleep with first? Does he try to sleep with her or Susan him? Susan Sarandon, yeah. So it's, the, it's her scene first. He pops up and he is wearing a disguise that is so realistic to where it is the person in the bed with her. It, she thinks it's Brad is, is her very name. Yes. And so she thinks it's Brad and uh, initially, and then realizes through like fondling that it's Frankenfurter. There's an initial reaction of, oh my gosh, get out of my bed. What's happening? Leave. And then it's like, no, let's settle into this. And then, and then they have sex. And so it's just jarring to see back through, again, the 21st century eyes where I'm like, this is not good. This is not (laughs) sexual exploration. This was not consenting on both parties at the time. And then they do it to Brad in the same way. Oh, Brad, darling, there's no good here. We'll be away from here in the morning. Oh, Brad, you're so strong and protective. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you! I'm afraid so, Brad. But isn't it nice? Why, you! What have you done with Janet? Uh, nothing. Why, do you think I should? And I will say I loved that scene. <laughs> like, I very much enjoyed it. You know, what's interesting to me when I watched it, because I haven't seen Rocky Horror Picture Show in probably 30 years. So I watched these scenes for this purpose. And the choreography is awesome. The way they're kind of behind this sheen of a... Moody. Yeah, you can't really see them all that clearly. And you see them both discover that the their mate is uh, actually yes. Frankenfurter by them pulling <laughs> off Frankenfurter's wig. Yeah. It is wrong, right? Because it, it's non-consensual. <laughs> However, uh, Tim Curry is hilarious. I just so enjoyed and loved because a majority of the movie is about like sexual exploration and allowing your freak flag to fly rather than kind of pigeonholing yourself into this box of you're getting married and now you're going to have, you know, very heteronormative sex for the rest of your life. Like that, I think is what the movie is trying to broaden you from that. And when, I think when I watched Susan Sarandon scene, I felt more aghast. And then when I got to see Brad in the same position, I was like, oh, okay, Brad's into this. Like this is, Brad's, Brad's going to take it on him some Frankenfurter. Like, this is interesting. A straight guy consenting to having sex with a trans, as they call it, a transvestite yes, in 1975 yeah, was like problem. very edgy. Yeah, very edgy. And obviously I think a lot of the terminology is incredibly dated and yes. that, that's upsetting. Am I correct in that when I watched it, that you actually see an outline of Frankenfurter's erection? You sure do. You sure do. I mean- okay. Or maybe both of us viewed it and just saw it as that. But I, I, I do find the uh, representation of the, it is a quick scene, the actual mm-hmm. sex of it all, like very quick, very, you assume that Frankenfurter is just a beast in the bed bedroom because yeah. like both of them are very pleased very quickly. Um, but maybe, yeah, you I'm seeing an erection on the screen, I also think is probably pretty, for that time, 
yeah. deal. And visually, they were going more with a footlong Frankenfurter rather than a cocktail no. wiener. No, no. They were, yeah, they wanted him to be well endowed. Well, well endowed. Also, I think visually, since we were seeing shadows, that's kind of what they had to do. But I'm, I'm <laughs> but you like to imagine that point. Frankenfurter is packing some heat. I would like to assume it. I don't know. I don't want to assume the, the not that. I don't know. <laughs> so this kind of idea of someone portraying themselves as another person in order to have sex is shady. The fact that they did finally know who Frankenfurter was when they eventually consented makes me a little bit more comfortable with it. It doesn't start out great, but they're like, oh, it's Frankenfurter. I'm freaked out. Okay. I think I might be into this. Mm-hmm. That's good. There's another mm-hmm. movie from the 1980s, Revenge of the Nerds, which you're going to question my <laughs> parental uh, supervision when I tell you I probably watched this movie 50 times when I was a kid. And it no. is filthy and raunchy yeah. and hilarious. And so I can't, I have not watched it in probably 15 years, but <laughs> I know it by heart. So the. Mm-hmm offensive nature at the stereotypes the just general grossness of it all it was really one of those 80 raunch comedies yeah but there is a scene where one of the main characters played by Robert Carradine who has a crush on Betty the main cheerleader he goes into a fun house and pretends to be her boyfriend Stan by wearing I believe it's a Darth (sighs) Vader mask and they actually have sex And then he removes his helmet so she can see that she just had sex with a nerd. And she's like, oh, I had sex with a nerd. Boy, you were good. And then she becomes okay with it. Terrifying and very radical acceptance of trauma if I've ever heard (laughs) it. My gosh, that is. It is a very, very problematic scene, which I think because in Rocky Horror, the the characters do realize who they're having sex with when they do, it's less problematic than a Revenge of the Nerds, which I don't think it's acceptable in any. No, no, no. I think like you're, I think there is a little bit of a difference and you're right. I think misleading someone based on your identity in order to have sex with them I don't think was Frankenfurter's and I think Frankenfurter wanted the in, but I think he wanted them to know it was him prior to actually having sex. I think that was his intention. I don't think it was a revenge of the nerd situation where it would have been, you would never consent if you knew mm-hmm. who I was at this moment in time, which is problematic. Like, Absolutely. I mean, both are problematic, but all of it is the eighties, man. <laughs> so the second scene we're going to talk about is from Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story, season five, Hotel, yes. featuring the one, the only Lady Gaga as the Countess. Yes. So tell me about the scene and what struck you about it. Lady Gaga is a gorgeous Countess in this, in this particular scene, and she prepares herself and is beautiful looks like she's from a different era of which she is. We later find out in the season, so spoiler, but she walks out with Matt and they're, they're just these gorgeous people. They walk and they're kind a- of a couple, right? 
There are a couple. Yeah. I mean, she has an open relationship, I think, through a majority of the season, but they're kind of, a, they're, they're assumed to be together. And so they leave and they go to this park of which I would love to go to for this movie night situation. It's like a movie in the park. They're, they spread out a blanket, they're cuddling and they look over to this couple and Lady Gaga does the, I don't know what this hand gesture is called, the like V with the licking between the V and the mouth. Is that called something? Um, putting your tongue between your fingers like you're giving oral sex to a vagina? Yes. That's but is the, that the like short a, version. That's the short version. <laughs> we need to abbreviate that in I some the, way. But I think the sound effect is. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, and Lady Gaga makes that, that come hither motion to this couple, unassuming couple in the park. And the way I liked, I think the reason it stuck me is stuck with me is because I would assume that group sex and, and through people telling me in session, like the idea of um, being in, in an open relationship and, and being in these situations requires a lot of communication, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of understanding of boundaries, a lot of this is what it is. And they do this like come hither motion. Now the people are going back to their hotel room. They have not spoken a word assumed in the entire thing. They go up to this hotel room. They're now all having sex with each other. It does lead to them being brutally murdered, which I think is a PSA on communicating about sex before you have it, honestly. So Countess and Matt Bomer, they kill the people they're having sex with. They do kill them. They but do prior kill them. to killing them, there's yes. a pretty, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes of mm-hmm. switching partners back and forth. Lots of, there's a lot of pasties being worn by the women. A lot in of scenes. pasties, which I'm like, who, I, I assume that if it were not being filmed, the pasties would not be there because I, I'm assuming both of these women would have preferred having nip, nipple interaction. So I don't know. But I do think that there's a lot of unspoken agreement that everything is on the fly and there's just no verbalizing of any of that. Like it's all just an understood concept, which blows my mind. I think if you look like Lady Gaga and Matt Bomber, like those are the people that can go to this park and do this come hither motion. And now they have a group sex situation in their hotel room that night. You mean but if I, think- I go to the park and I make that <laughs> to you're, a random stranger home, <laughs> there might be police action is what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying for the lay person that is not Lady Gaga. It's a, it's a criminal act. It's not. Right. So (laughs) what we don't see in the scene, so we see them going up the in the elevator with Lady Gaga and Matt Bomer. Yes. And then all, and then they're in the bed. Well, actually Lady Gaga makes all three of them in the bed, except for Lady Gaga. She makes an entrance where she opens the door and is like, hello, I'm Lady Gaga. Here I am. Which is a good shot of her for the record. Oh my goodness. It's a great shot of her. She looks amazing. Yeah. So there's no discussion in the elevator or before they all take their clothes off of what's acceptable are there things that are off limits mm-hmm. will everybody have free reign to touch everybody are there mm-hmm. no like will there be penetration will there be what kind of protection will there be if yeah. any if we're going to be using condoms which yeah. ideally would be if you're yeah. going to have a group sex situation 
a good conversation to have. One thing I did notice, and correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, because I only watched it once, and I know you, you okay. appear to have watched it several times. For uh, research purposes. I don't alone. believe there was any contact physically between Matt Bomer and the male. I don't believe so. I did watch it back to see because I was trying to con- see if this was just a very open, like the men were identifying it with each other as well. I don't think that they do. I truly think it's a partner switch type si- situation where the woman primarily is with the, the man and then they switch those. But, the, and I do think the women, though, the women do, do kiss are very... together. So yeah. And that was not a conversation that any of them had. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if they had um, that communication prior, it would have helped all of their experiences personally. Maybe that could have been helpful. Maybe they did have it and they just didn't show it, but that's the maybe the particular qualm I had with it, which was like, all of this is just assumed we're all okay. Nobody's leaving this situation feeling unheard or like left out. All of them are just assuming it's all, you know, okay. Yes. It was shocking. And because I knew the scene was headed towards them both getting their throats slit, I was kind of curious about why neither one of them commented or noticed that Lady Gaga and Matt Bomer were wearing gloves where the index finger had basically a big sharp spike coming off of the end of it. Yes, they had essential, they were Edward Scissorhands essentially. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they were coming into the situation with. (laughs) Yeah, so, and it did look like there was some unspoken communication between Matt Bomer and Lady Gaga as they were on top kind of with their individual partners looking at each other but now Mm -hmm. we know that it was like when are we going to murder these people yes and actually truly I think that is again kind of going back to the PSA the couple that is being like come hithered into our sexual dynamic you get to experience what we have for the night like at any point the question could have been like oh like we haven't talked to these people. We don't know them. We have no idea what their situation is. And yes, that is all well and good and probably a very sexually arousing experience, but it does lead into situations where you could be murdered. And so not ideal for not anyone, ideal. I think. So when I've worked with couples that this is what their plan is, not yeah. necessarily to meet up with Lady Gaga, because, you know, if that was the plan, I'd be like, hey, can I come along? Um, uh, can I? All of us need to be included. (laughs) (laughs) So is the couple themselves need to have a conversation, extensive conversation, if not more than one, about what are our boundaries? What is our safe word, safe phrase in the event that one of us wants to either stop what we're doing or get away completely? And then when the threesome or foursome all or fivesome or sixsome uh, all gets together, dodecahedron of people gets together, there needs to be then another discussion of what are our boundaries, what are our, what is our safe word, safe phrase, if we want everything Mm -hmm. to stop altogether, what are we doing for protection, what are we doing for... Absolutely. It's one of those things where I think in this case, a TV show, like, I think there's so much shame built around having conversations about like sex leading up to it that helps navigate the situation for everyone included, but like TV in this particular instance portrays it as everybody just can read each other's mind. Like everybody, you look across the room and you know this person is okay. There's no, like everybody's having fun. 
And at any point, like when someone stops having fun, like that conversation, I think is just taken out of the context entirely for the movie magic of it all. And then like when you're navigating these very massive themes that I think people can constantly have arguments about all things over, sex is definitely one of them and not having it be a conversation was just baffling to me, but also understood because of Lady Gaga was in the mix, you know, <laughs> and I don't know. Our next one that we're getting to, and I am so excited to talk about this one because me I too. have lots of my own feelings and lots of my own experiences <laughs> with this movie, 1998's <laughs> Wild Things. I am so excited to talk about this. It with is... Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon, who's not in the sex mm-hmm. scene, but he's in the movie, Denise yes. Richards and Nev Campbell. And what's interesting mm-hmm. about this movie is I went back and watched it a couple of weeks ago, yeah. um, knowing it was going to come up on this podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> the top billing is Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon and Nev Campbell. And Denise Richards is on the like second part of the cast and she's uh, the second name in the second part of the cast so she because she wasn't particularly famous I think at that point she maybe had made Starship Troopers that's so but she also has a lot more skin in the game than anybody else in this movie so I'm yeah literal skin in the game and she kind of made this film I feel like in many ways so So tell us tell us about the scene that you are specifically talking about is the threesome scene, okay? So it's Matt Dillon, it is Denise Richards, it is Nev Campbell. Up until this point in the movie, you are led to believe that the women um, who are playing high school um, girls, by the way, so watching it back, I did watch it back for this purpose. There's so many things that upset me now that I didn't think I realized were as problematic, but they are playing high school girls, high school seniors. And they have accused Matt Dillon's character of raping them. And uh, later on the stand come out saying, that is not the case. I'm, we're actually, we weren't raped. And then he sues the family for defamation, wins a bunch of money. And now they're all coming back together after they've gotten all of this money and they did it all. And so they're now in the hotel room and it's, a school type situation, school girl situation. There's school skirts involved. There is white underwear being stripped off by Matt, Matt Dillon's character. There is champagne being poured on bare breasts. Mm-hmm. There are, it is a steamy, steamy steam. There is a man pushing the women together, giving them permission to make out. There's just so many different themes that I think stuck in my young mind and probably planted little nuggets that just blossomed later on but it is a very um it held dear to my heart for a very long time and now when I watched the entire film back today all of that came crumbling down I'm like they're young they're too young for this they shouldn't be involved because he's their guidance counselor he is their teacher yes their teacher and school counselor and he is not a good man at whatsoever like right so it starts out with matt dylan and if i said matt damon earlier by the way it's matt dylan <laughs> uh, matt yes. dylan and denise richards characters making out and then nev campbell is yes. kind of behind matt dylan and starts yes. kind of involving herself yes and i don't believe we ever see nev campbell's breasts we don't. And I actually looked that up. There was a clause in her contract that said no frontal nudity, which 
is the biggest uh, deficit of my life. <laughs> let, let me say this. <laughs> Agreeing to be on camera next yes. to Denise Richards in which your breasts would be compared to me would be sort of the equivalent of saying, sure, <laughs> I'll publicly play one-on-one -on -one basketball with LeBron James. <laughs> cool. Yes. I was living with my brother in Arizona for the summer when this movie came out. We were out at the bar with a bunch of his friends. And I believe he had seen the movie without me because I remember it making me super, I used to be very, very square. And my brother was telling his friends that he saw this movie and that Denise Richards had, quote, the best tits he's ever seen. And I remember being very, very, very uncomfortable with the word tits. And then I saw this movie and thought that woman has nice tits. <laughs> One of the things that I think is problematic about the scene, besides the fact that Matt Dillon is their guidance counselor and yes. they're underage and, and you find out in the end, spoiler alert, that Nev Campbell's character is sort of manipulating and orchestrating this all because she's some sort of genius. She's over a 200 IQ is what's said in the, in the, um, the ending. So yes, it's all her plan the entire time. Yeah. So there is lots of manipulation, yeah. but what I don't like about it is it's sort of Matt Dillon is sort of this puppet master of these two mm -hmm. vulnerable women, you know, Nev mm -hmm. Campbell's character is vulnerable because she's from the wrong side of the tracks and mm -hmm. never can catch a break. And Denise Richards mm -hmm. is just so infatuated with him. And then he pushes their faces together. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the power dynamic in this scene. No, it's, and it is felt that way through the movie. I think the power dynamic is meant to be there based on, he is their teacher and it is, it is a power dynamic through the whole thing. But in this particular scene, it is so heavily, is not all right. Like, and I think that is, something as like an adult looking back, I'm like, this is uh, upsetting to watch a grown man push two young women, even because I do think he, they try to play it off as them being 18, but ethically, this is not an okay dynamic relationship whatsoever. And their, their interaction, because you also see it later on in the scene, which I think takes place after this one, where it's Denise Richards and Nev Campbell in the pool, just them together. It's seen as this, um, the man is giving permission for the women to have sexual interaction with each other. Mm -hmm. It's not something for them. It is seen as something for the man to give, okay, you're allowed to do this here in this context. And it's for my viewing pleasure. It's for me, essentially. Yeah. And that's and, problematic. And those sorts of dynamics do exist with consenting adults who might have more of a dominant mm -hmm. submission or dominant submissive dynamic mm -hmm. where, you know, if they're polyamorous or however yeah. it works, that one of the people will have the power in the consensually to say, mm -hmm. yes, you can have this behavior with this other person. Mm -hmm. However, that power dynamic in this relationship seems to exist solely because of his age, Absolutely. which is creepy. Super creepy. Well, Casey, you had you brought some really awesome scenes to Real Sex Pod. Thank you so Thank much you. for doing that. It was so exciting and so awesome to have you here. Yeah. If you are interested in sharing your own scenes and what was memorable about them to you, you can email us at realsexpod, R-E-E-L, sexpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social media, Real Sex Pod 
Instagram and on Facebook, we're real six SX pod because you can't spell sex on Facebook. Just crazy. Just yes. Crazy. And Twitter as well. So thanks, Casey. You have yourself Thank a great you day. Thank you so much. You too. This has been another episode of Real Sex with Dr. Noel. Feel free to turn up the lights or not.